Welcome to Subcutaneous, a beneath-the-skin look at medicine, with myself, Dr. G. And David. Episode 3, an interview. So with this episode, we're kind of diving into another part of the podcast where that we're pretty excited about. Yeah. Uh, because we're going to start interviewing people. And we have a willing guinea pig here. <laughs> uh, this is our friend, uh, Dr. Jocelyn McCornick. And uh, she agreed at the uh, with a little bit of bribery with uh, product and alcohol to come in and <laughs> be our first interview. So we hope this gives people a different look at medicine and the journeys that each of us who are physicians and different providers in medicine and how we got to the places we are in our life, which I think will be kind of the main focus of the podcast moving forward. Without further ado, we will jump right in. Joining us today is Dr. Jocelyn McCormick. She is a resident here in Spokane, Washington, a psychiatry resident. Uh, I think I've got everything correct so far. How are you doing? Uh, well, you pronounce my name. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Yep. Correct. Flynn is an intern, too, so in her first yep. year of residency. You're, she's at the end important. of her first year at this point. Yeah. You got another Almost month done. to go? or Yeah, no, two uh, ish months to go, and then completing the intern year, which is great. Yeah, that's oh. due for a celebration for sure. Yeah, yeah. We got kind of a, this is a kind of a open interview and kind of an ex. Here I go, I'm saying kind of a million times, but a dive into life, a <laughs> look at where you, what got you here? What brought you here? So we'll start at the beginning, which is Jocelyn's childhood. Birth. Birth. Yes, birth. <laughs> Did you come out of the womb? Yes. A physician? Yes, I was a vaginal delivery. Oh, yes, okay. Got all that good flora. Oh, excellent. That's what you it was want. Breastfed. It was important. <laughs> That's how you grew up to be such a healthy young lady. Yep. yep. Got a good gut flora. So you are a <laughs> Washington native. Yep. I was. Um, I'm a fourth gen Washingtonian. Um, grandfather came over uh, on the boat from Sweden. Great grandfather. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so the family's been, they were in the Seattle area, and then my parents moved to Moses Lake when I was two or three, and grew up in Moses Lake, and then, yeah. So Central Washington, for Central those Washington, like me who aren't Washingtonians forever and ever. Yeah, so, uh, Washington is split by the Cascades, so there's uh, Eastern Washington, Western Washington, and they're, they're almost two different states. They're very different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So as a, uh, what was your family like? You, you have multiple siblings. Yeah, so um, my, so, yep, siblings. I'm the second oldest. I have an older brother who's two years older than me. He's here in Spokane with his wife and two kids. And then I have a, a little sister who's in Bellingham where my parents live. Um, and then my little brother lives in Pullman with his wife. And he's... Uh, uh, finishing his PhD there, and she's a teacher. And um, going backwards, my sister works for uh, a um, uh, she works for a foster agency, and my um, older brother works in like corporate Starbucks world. So, hmm. so then, are you the first physician in your family? Yeah, yeah, that was kind of uncharted territory for me. My family, the family business is actually the the church, so <laughs> so it was a little it was a little bit uh, of a different path. Yeah, and the father is a pastor, and grandfather's <laughs> a pastor too, right? So. Yeah, uncle's a pastor, grandpa's on both sides are pastors. Um, dad, yeah, was a pastor for a little bit. My brother went to theology school. It's kind of the yeah family wow. business. So, what led you to do something? different than the family business or what led you to do medicine in particular? Um, I, it was definitely a breadcrumb trail for sure. It was, it, it, I was not the typical um, kid who wanted to be a doctor from what, the time I was little. What did you want to be as a kid? A dog. A dog. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a dog now. <laughs> What kind of dog? Was it a Westie? 
<laughs> well, I didn't discover Westies until I became an adult, a middle-aged woman. Um, but <laughs> no, um, no, I'm kidding. I, but no, I had no uh, career goals as a kid or even as a high schooler. I was like social hmm. in high school. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it wasn't that I, I mean, I did fine in high school. I had like A's and B's and the occasional C, but. Um, and my best friend actually was, they called her anal Anna cause she was like super organized mm, and was going to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And she, I love her. She's like the, she's, I love her so much, but she, um, she was going to be a doctor. Her grandfather was a doctor. Um, and it just was not on my radar until I went to, I, I graduated from high school and I did my, a little European, um, theology school for a year and realized that I got all like the social stuff out of my system and I came home and I was like I actually really like school I came home and then like the a di- I, get, I got home from my year came in home Europe. from theology school in yeah. Europe yeah okay so yeah. you were kind of following the family path at that point um, yeah so it was kind of family tradition to do theology school although in my family like women are not mm. like pastors really but yeah it's kind of the whole just a theme of my grandparents went to this this program my parents went to this program and um so you come back from this and you're like I really like school I was like I actually really yeah I'm very curious about this stuff um I went to a private Christian school as well so we we did a lot of like um theology and that sort of thing and um came back and the a day the next day I was still jet lagged my mom had signed me up for community college so I was like back in school and um I was like loving it it was like really it was fun um and I think at that point I was thinking I was gonna do um communications okay my dad was like you should do communication I don't know I was just like oh cool communications WSU we'll go do their Edward R Murrow College of Communications and then I was googling one day and it was like top worst for any of you listening who have communications degree it's it's fine. I'm sure it's great, but <laughs> but it was like the top ten worst degrees to get, and I was like, ooh, that doesn't sound like a good plan. Um, so anyway, I was in this nutrition class randomly, and it was taught by this retired doctor, and he was like going into like the details of like the mechanics of a cell, and I was like blown away, fascinated. It was like kind of my first introduction to sciencey things because in my private christian school we were like so bad at math and science like, mm-hmm. we just had literature and theology was like our was like our bread and butter but like we didn't even know what a beaker was until yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. it was bad and i'll say i had forgotten this story and i love this story and this kind of path and the medicine you ended up taking yeah it was super uh windy path for sure um and like yeah. And it's it's very cool because it's almost down to this one professor. Yeah. Like who, who I didn't even like, by the way. He was oh teaching my. a nutrition class. I, I don't mean to be mean, but like teaching a nutrition class, drinking a extra large diet pep diet dr pepper so yeah you're you're going to this class with this nutrition professor who is not the epitome of epitome. Uh, <laughs> somebody living a nutritious lifestyle maybe a little overweight no but and, and he, he he had great stories like i really appreciated his like primary care stories that he had and he went into basic biology stuff that was probably not appropriate for a nutrition class. And I was taking the nutrition class because I was trying to check off the science, you know, mm-hmm. requirement. Maybe do an like, easy science class. Do an yeah. easy science class. And he was going into, like, like basic biology dogma. And, um, and I remember, like, reading the textbook over and over and again. And I was trying to, like, figure it out. Um, and... Uh, sorry if I'm rambling but like I remember my my whole life my family has struggled with like um finances and stuff and my parents were in the other room arguing about finances and I was like reading my science textbook and it was like how RNA like codes for DNA codes for proteins and I was like trying to visualize it in my mind and I remember thinking like guys don't worry about money like it's all happening in our body right now without us like needing to do anything about it. It was amazing. I was like, this is, 
this is so cool. Um, and uh, so I was like, oh my gosh, I think I like science. And so then from then on, I was like, maybe I could like be a nurse. And then I was like, oh, maybe I could be like a chiropractor. And then I was like, maybe I could be a PT. And then I was like, I'd landed on PT. And then I went to Central for PT. And I was like, all the, it was all the like uh, fitness bros with their like huge bottles of water. And I was like, I don't think I belong here so much. And I had a, a professor from Cameroon who was like helping me with my like pre-med track. I was thinking I was going to be a PA. And he was like, you should, you should think about medicine, Jocelyn. You're a smart girl. And I was like, I'm a smart girl. So if you talk about professor, this is the guy who. Is he? Okay. This is the guy. There's um, always that one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. He was, he is like the guy who got me into med school and like just paved the way for me. He was awesome. So, so from then on, I was like, okay, well. I guess I'll just keep going. <laughs> so this this is the guy who kind of believed in you and said, like, even put the idea in your head, like, this was even a possibility, or... Yeah, like, this is this guy, this is a guy who came over from Cameroon. He, this is, I mean, he, his father has, like, three wives. Like, he's from a village, uh, like, mm-hmm. uh, in Cameroon mm-hmm. that's, like, very traditional and... Um, uh so like and he went to Yale and then now he's he's at, at Central and he was a biology professor and he was like studying um neglected tropical diseases and I ended up he was the most medicine-y type um researcher there so that's how I got in with him and yeah he definitely took me under his wing that's great so what did you end up actually majoring in did you shift after this nutrition class yeah, sorry, I'm rambling. Um, so I ended up um, majoring in uh, biomedical sciences. Okay. It's like the most direct path. Yeah. Um, towards With a plan for PT, question mark, PA, question mark, and then finally a path to at, MD. At, once I finally decided biomedical sciences, it was a it was an MD path. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you know, in undergrad. First of all, you talked about going to community college, and then you went to WSU? No, I, I went to Central in okay. Augsburg. you went to Central. Yeah. And then, so you're coming to the point where it's time to, I guess, start applying for medical schools. How do you pick what school you want? Um, so, let's see. Uh, how do I pick? Uh, I mean, I just... Did you apply broadly? Widely, yeah, broadly applied. Okay. Um, You'd, Did finances play a role? Uh, for sure. Family. Yeah. yeah what was yeah, kind of yeah. what was the decision maker for you? Um, my family is really. I'm very close with my family, and so being close to home was important to me. Um, but I didn't feel that I had like a lot of options, so I just like applied broadly to like the region. Um, and I'm trying to remember how many places I applied to. It was different than psychiatry like I applied to like like 50 places in psychiatry but I think I can't remember like yeah for me I did much less for med school than I did for residency and then I was in a previous episode we discussed how I I only got into University of Oklahoma so that kind of made the decision for me but it ended up being a great place for me a good fit but yeah um I know everybody's experience is a little different for that and maybe why they apply certain places and why they go where they want where they go yeah, yeah. So there's three – during my year, there were three medical schools in Washington. It was WCU, UW, and PNW. And PNW is a DO school. Is a DO school. So I did and the other two are MD schools. I did schools, apply yeah. to DO schools because I was just like, yeah, I'm, I want to be a doctor, so I'll just do this. I did not – my cutoff was I didn't want to go to Caribbean schools. Um, I don't know why. I can't remember why. So my shoe-in school was um, PNWU because I was in this pre-med club and we at Central and Central is in Ellensburg and PNW is in Yakima which is like 30 minutes away and um, they told me that I would like if I worked with this professor Dr. Donji that he had a reputation and that I would be like I was in at that school and so it was my first interview and I was like pretty cocky about it and like (laughs) and um I felt like I like did well um and um and I didn't get into that school they they declined I remember it was um it was uh 
uh, October 31st. It was Halloween and I like got my rejection email and I was like so crushed. And, um, but I really, really buckled down for interviews after that. And UW was my last interview. And then I got into UW and I was just like over the moon about that because it was like this, the, my number one choice. And I was a, it's, um, it yeah. gave you the option to be close to your family and, the, and the it's the top tier med school. It's a great med school. It's a great med yeah. school. Um, yeah, there was a lot of reasons why I was just like very excited. And, um, I had spent the like whole morning or the whole night before, like in a hotel with my dad, like practicing questions. And so it's like kind of <laughs> sweet. Like, and he came, this is my family for you, but he came, he was on business or something like, and he was in Spokane anyway, but during my interview hour he came to the like to the like place that I was interviewing and like sat outside in the car and just like prayed for me which is so funny and so my my dad but it was very cute um so yeah. you were a <laughs> UW Spokane student yeah uh-huh yeah. okay I had the option to do Spokane or Seattle um but I chose Spokane so. do you want to talk about that a little bit um and maybe just yeah um, what this entails because yeah or even why you made the choice sure yeah why well was was uh uw the only school you got into no i had actually i i got into a couple others um and so i but uw was like a clear choice it was like in state it's a top medical school it was like yeah it yeah. had a good reputation so yeah um, I actually canceled my WSU interview after I got in. Um, so sorry, WSU. <laughs> <laughs> but that was maybe, was that WSU's inaugural first, class? First yeah. class. Yeah. So, but also it's WSU. So <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but it was their first class. So Cut I didn't that. really want to be a guinea pig and yeah. And, um, but no, I actually know a lot of WSU grads and they're super great. So they, they've done a good job. <clears throat> so yeah. you you choose Spokane over Seattle though. What was kind of the influence mm. there? I actually I asked um, people who had gone before me, um, which you know which like so one gal had done Spokane and Seattle, um, like two years in Spokane and two years or one year in Spokane and one year in Seattle for foundations, and then. Um, one guy had done Sp- Seattle, and then another guy had done Spokane. Every single one of them said, go to Spokane. Okay. So I was like, okay, that's a clear choice. Um, and maybe we're getting a little odd for people here, because yeah. people aren't going to be... Yeah. Can you talk to us a bit about the Whammy program that you know yeah. WSU is a part of? No, uh, UW is a part of. Sorry, UW is a part <laughs> of, but you know, so <laughs> you're talking about like you have all these options for where you go to study, and that's not normal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the WAMI program is an acronym for Washington, Wyoming, Alaska, Montana, and Idaho. Um, it is a basically um, neighboring states uh, latch on to the UW program and start their these the students from Alaska and Wyoming will like do their first two years at a university. Um, in their state and then the last two years will they'll rotate around the five state region which is actually pretty cool because you can one month you'll be like downtown Seattle at a level one trauma center Harborview and then like the next month you'll be in like the middle of nowhere Alaska and the resources are like vastly different Um, Mm -hmm. and so the training is really um, just unique in that way and the idea behind this program is one to take people from rural areas and give this give them this opportunity to become a physician but also to train rural physicians right Mm -hmm. it's kind of the the push and Mm -hmm. also to provide i think one of the maybe the biggest reasons uw started this i mean i don't really know but all of those neighboring states that are included in the whammy program do not have their own Mm -hmm. in-state medical program so this Mm -hmm. is an opportunity for say that idaho resident who um to do an in-state medical school essentially yes Yes. yeah and like i know one gal from wyoming i think all four years of her uh, med school were paid for by the state if she decides to practice in wyoming um which she will because that's where she she's from so it's a pretty good good opportunities for those students too as well yeah yeah but i i think i wanted to talk about this a little bit because being from oklahoma 
I wasn't as aware of the whammy program until I moved here. And I think it's very interesting and kind of cool mm-hmm. um, opportunity for those students in those states or even for you interesting too as a washington resident like you do have a home medical school Mm -hmm. but you still had the opportunity like to go to alaska Mm -hmm. or another state to do some work and things like that yeah Yeah, it's i mean it really opens your eyes to kind of the lack of resources and how heroic some of these primary care docs are out there and just sort of what their scope of practice is insane um so, and that's the rural component to it, which mm-hmm. I think being from Oklahoma, we have a lot of rural areas too. So yeah. I did a, a rural month as a required part of my medical training, but I doubt that is as incorporated in some other states. So I think it's really interesting and a good, gives you good perspective when you get out mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. And the timeline is a little bit different as well from the kind of perceived standard of medical school, right? You guys are on a bit shorter of a in-school timeline than a longer rotational. Yeah, I think more um, med schools are going, are moving towards that. Um, yeah, it's like a 18 months of foundations. And, it, you know, some students take a long time to take step one. And so um, they'll take extra time to study and And so foundations being in classroom learning just for those listening who are not as familiar and then i think you guys call the second half of your training clinical yeah rotations clinicals yeah yeah Um, so 18 months you do your 18 months and then you have time off to study for step three six months off a little well no not six months i think our like the the actual timeline was like just two months um but some people end up extending that and it doesn't um push back their graduation date which they don't say that at the beginning because they don't want you to t- they don't want <laughs> they you don't to want extend you it yeah they want that fire here. under your belly yeah yeah um and it's also nice because a lot of people graduate early too and get some get a get a chance to just mm. you know travel or so whatever. if you only do your two months you have the opportunity to finish all your stuff early wow mm-hmm. okay yeah. like most people finish in march oh incredible breather before going into their clinicals yeah which is different for me i i mean i'm old too (laughs) so you know back however many years ago i graduated med school in 2015 um no 2000 you realize you're two years older than jason right (laughs) but i did medical school a lot she was more disciplined and took the uh direct route rather than the scenic route (laughs) but oh no i graduated so med school 2011 2015 so back then i don't know how common that 18 months of training was so i did full two years of clinical or of classroom and then we had like two weeks to study for step one. Oh my goodness (laughs) and then we took it and then as soon as you took it it was like I think I had like a few days off and then it was straight into oh. clinicals for two years. And then I had uh, a week off between graduation. Wow. No, maybe two weeks I off between imagine. graduation and starting internship. So I think that is a nice kind of change that med schools were going towards. So you jump into the uh, whammy program here. Uh, what At that point, what did you think you're... Where where'd you think you were going to end up as a primary care physician? I was going to be a family doctor, cradle to grave, rural practice. Um, and that was what I was going to do from the beginning, I think. Um, and then I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us a bit about what, what led you to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I I don't want to spoil the future of it or anything to the too much but i think you are profoundly suited to what you ended up choosing but where what's how'd you what changed you i think um i I was both running from something (laughs) um and also running towards something i think um i the the thing the the thing in me that drew me towards medicine was um the ability to be with people in, ex- in their extreme moments um, and that co- sort of connection that you can have with them. Um, and uh, and at least in family medicine, at least the place I was working, there wasn't um, the time for that. Mm. Um, just the 5, 10, 15 minute visits and like you're trying to manage 10 things and like the heart of the mm-hmm. issue is, you know, often a psychiatric issue and 
Um, but what's actually going to kill this person is right. maybe like their heart disease. Their or, hypertension. Yeah, and so yes, like, exactly. I know your back pain is hurting you and it's because you're deeply depressed and can't get out of bed and like, but, and I know that's what you want to talk about, but like, I also, your blood pressure is ridiculously high and I, I really want to get you on a statin too. And I know you hate that idea, but anyway, so it was, um, so I think I was a little bit dreading going into family medicine. Also, my brain just does not soak up things like a lot of other med students. Um, and I was just feeling overwhelmed by how much I had to know and how much I didn't know. And the people that were coming to, to – people come to doctors for help and oftentimes kind of at the end of the rope. And it was just like having to tell people I don't know. And so I – one night I was like in bed after like a long day of clinic and a long day of studying and I like woke up in the middle of the night and I was like I can't even remember what it was but I was like oh I bet there's a deeper mechanism of action for SSRIs and I was like reading about it randomly in the middle of the night and I was like this is a good sign (laughs) okay I'm curious about this stuff and I'm curious about the mind um and I was like okay if I can read about something in the middle of the night I must be somewhat interested in it um and so I think that was the spark at least yeah yeah and so you started to kind of start to transition and consider you know you come to this point in your medical student career where it's okay it's time to start applying for Mm -hmm. residencies and you know picking what your the future is going to look like so what was that like for you to I hope you can edit the things out that you don't want to hear because I'm really rambly but like and maybe this is too much but (laughs) I so one of the things so I did my psych rotation and I said I will never do psych after that actually and um I ended up uh I ended up actually dating this guy for a very short period who I found out later had psych schizophrenia and or possibly schizophrenia (laughs) no it wasn't me (laughs) this was way before (laughs) i'm just kidding no oh and and then this this is kind of yeah like i said you can edit this out if you don't like it but it is kind of juicy and it was a big turning point for me because um no this is good uh this guy was like a PhD in bioinformatics and he was like Jewish from New York and he was like very mysterious to me and like worked for like the he was a he was a um, data scientist and worked for like Google and Facebook and like I was living in Seattle at the time and um, I remember like meeting up with him at this like great like um restaurant right on the water and we had wine and stuff and he wasn't very talkative he was very quiet and I just thought oh he's just like he's European he's mysterious (laughs) (laughs) that is exactly you like and I was like the resume fits you know I like the oh he looks great on paper and um I'm not that superficial but um I was very uh I I so it was a very spotty you know, dating relationship because he was like in Europe and then I was away at my whammy rotations and um, we talked here and there and stuff. But I really actually really liked him um, and because he's like very kind hearted, gentle person, had a cat and like just. That's yeah. how you know he's crazy. He's had a cat. No, he was so sweet. He had a cat, but he was like, he's just very sweet person um, and or at least I perceived him that way. And um and then we like had a random extra day off and this is t- typical medical school for you but like had like a four-day weekend or like a three-day weekend and we were like let's go to fairbanks <laughs> him and i we, so we went to fairbanks randomly to catch the northern lights and um he had like something about the schedule of it like the travel something um made it so like whatever he was hiding from me like came all out and he was like he we were we had gone on a hike and we came back and we were sitting at this restaurant and he got up from the table and went to the table behind us and like flipped off this guy's hat and was like gonna fight this guy random stranger and the it was like a six top and like they were all shocked and i was shocked and this guy 
I will, he will be unnamed, um, like stormed out. And like, I went out after him and I was like, what is going on? And I'm like looking in his eyes and I'm like, did he take something? He was like, not a person who used drugs at all. Like he had a glass of wine with dinner every once in a while. Um, and, um, he's like, he was coughing. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I go back to the car with him and he, it ends up coming out that he like believes his old boss from Facebook is like following him and planting people wherever he goes to like cough. He had this horrible, like, uh, uh, like delusion um, that people were like following him and coughing around him and it was a signal and like people cough for like a variety of sure. reasons all the time and so it was this was happening to him a lot and there was a like specific cough in his mind and um, and this is like a really intelligent guy and I was like trying to reason with him and it just wasn't clicking for him and and we spent hours talking about it and I was trying to like be be open and understanding and um and anyway basically I was like I gotta go home like early and go you gotta cut this trip short like I I don't I basically I don't feel safe here (laughs) it was just like almost fought this guy um and he was like saying racial slurs and like all these things that were like gonna start a fight and I was like this is not this person that I know or thought I knew and anyway so basically came home um told him I was like I'm in over my head I don't think we can see each other anymore and um and I was really sad about it and I was like I was researching everything about what was going on with him and he did not want to see a psychiatrist and like and um I was really 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 messed up about it because I realized how isolating this disease was Mm -hmm. like he had no friends nobody understood him um he was he, he, you know, the, the, the inability to have the insight into this Mm -hmm. being like a delusion was just not there. And that's part of the disease. And like, um, he had been fired, like during the time we were kind of seeing each other, he had been fired from Facebook and come to find out he had been fired from Google prior to that. And he's like this, like very smart PhD who like went to Yale and like, um, and just his life had so much potential Mm. and just like, this disease these diseases are tragic and I um and I cared about him a lot well a fair amount at least because I had kind of come to you know get to know him a little bit yeah I guess it struck me how sad the diseases are Mm -hmm. and then after I was able to kind of like um you know heal from it in some way it was a short thing but like I I realized like oh this is I really like these patients like they deserve good care um and someone to try to understand them and um and so I think that was yeah a good like mm-hmm. um pathway towards was that. this during your third year of medical school mm-hmm. when all this mm-hmm. happened okay mm-hmm. so around the time when you're happy to make that decision mm-hmm. too yeah. yeah 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 and I I, I read I like stalked his mu- I was like what do I do how do I help this guy he doesn't want to see it he doesn't want to get help so I st- stalked him on Facebook well I had his I was we were Facebook friends <laughs> I stalked him and found his mother and like got a hold of his mother and she it, she like solidified it when she finally called me later and she was like I know what's going on this has been going on for a couple of years now and like I cannot get him into help and anyway so yeah I don't know where he's at anymore which is really sad but yeah, yeah this is very uh interesting take and to be somebody that you were also pretty close with beforehand and to just kind of discover this like yeah, there were some a little weird, some weird red flags there, and but I just kind of like okay. more probably hindsight's twenty twenty type. Of oh, thing hindsight too. is totally twenty twenty. Saw them after. Yeah, because like I said, I thought he was just like this stoic European dude. So you kind of decide, okay, well, so at that point you make a decision, and it's like, okay, well, I've had a couple experiences now that I I can tell this sort of stuff really fascinates me. And mm-hmm. maybe not even fascinates me, but I I want to try and help these people. Or what what solidifies that decision for you? Yeah, and I think it goes back to like my sort of uh, the church is my f- the family business. <laughs> um, like I'm interested in these more like perennial questions, these questions without answers, um, the mind and the depths of it, and how to live a good life, and how to like you know the 
like depression and anxiety and existential dread and like all these things are a huge part of psychiatry and like even the study of culture is a huge part of psychiatry um and so it's just it's cool that you can like watch netflix and feel like you're like getting better at your career because <laughs> you're like <laughs> understanding people better um and so i don't know if that answered your question no but. that answers it so kind of shifting back to your medical school experience what would you say one of your uh, your highlights was i hated med school <laughs> no highlights you no did? kidding I'm, i kidding i yep <laughs> well, talk to us about that That's sad. no i'm kidding no 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 i didn't hate it i did not hate it i i i look back on it and say i would never want to do that again it was really hard um and i'm much happier now that i'm in residency so uh but my favorite thing about it was my uh, the friends that i made i made two really great friends uh, gifty and marisa and we studied every day to um, together at coffee shops the first Indaba. two years. Indaba, <laughs> all the Indabas in Spokane. We made our little loops, and um, yeah, had, yeah, it's my favorite thing. Okay, and maybe a, a low light. What was really hard about that period in your life? Um, the comparison. Like, it's just it. For the first time in my life, I was just like put in a group of like exceptional mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who were all good looking and all athletically capable and Mm -hmm. charming and i was just like oh gosh i am so (laughs) in over my head and like a lot of just like hiding in that time Hmm. of my life like just like don't be found out just like fly (laughs) under the radar um so did you did you think you felt like an imposter oh yeah like yeah. classic that's exactly what i thought yeah. imposter syndrome yeah I think we talk about it must have that yeah, yeah. yeah. We talk about it, imposter it sounds syndrome like everybody yeah. you talk to who's gone through medical who medical school felt like an imposter at some point unless they're a total egomaniac or you know yeah i thought I, you know, we talk about imposter syndrome a lot in med school and i don't know if there's like like people try to remedy it by like making things pass fail and like mm. i just don't think it's just so human nature to compare yeah. yourself to other people and the competitiveness is actually really helpful it like really for some people it really drives mm. people yeah um and um, makes them excellent at what they do and so in some ways you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. but um yeah i'm sure social media plays into this a little bit too and yeah, yeah. but it is it's a interesting balance of yeah creating competitiveness and creating teamwork too which i think is super important in medicine yeah um so yeah yeah, interesting did you feel like the uh the whammy program was kind of a teamwork program or a competitive it's me against my peers i think it's completely dependent on uh the year so my Mm -hmm. year was actually really good because we had a great uh year ahead of us that like really like set us up well and and it was like we you guys this is you know collaboration not competition and um and we had like uh special get-togethers and things like that and um so i think i think that was better towards the end though as step one was nearing Mm. you could feel people sort of breaking down um and almost everyone in my class was like i wish i had taken a prophylactic ssri before step one everyone <laughs> really struggled with step one at uw because i don't think that they prepare us well for step one hmm. um we're, we define step two actually we fly like we do great but um yeah just it's like all new material it feels like um so yeah interesting so how do you, it's a it's a difficult dedicated period yeah i think st- step one's hard for any med student because so much relies on that number but that's changing now Mm because it's not scored so this is all dated now (laughs) yeah yeah was your step one scored or just pass fail mine was scored yeah okay yeah i think this is a new-ish yeah thing change with not scoring step one yeah i mean it just pushes it off to step two yeah yeah (laughs) it changes the focus and also changes maybe what becomes a competitive thing for residency which leads us into maybe residency for you and mm-hmm. how was that applying for residency yeah so you apply did you apply for a bunch of different places yeah so i i think my school recommended that i apply to 50 different programs so that seems like a lot and it was a lot um and so that's what i did i just went through and i can't remember how i ranked them or or 
and went know, to several interviews and yeah they told me to get 14 interviews so I did 14 interviews um I've always in my entire process been good enough like never extra always just enough <laughs> um I get exactly what I need and that's how I move forward so not that I had extra I I've never been given extra. It's always been. So you had 14 invites and you 14 went on 14 invites and I went to 14 and that was your recommendation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And was this all over the country? Where'd you yes, go? Yes, but my year was all. Um, oh, yeah. Zoom, which was fantastic. Yeah, wow. some travel costs. So, so talking that. about this, like our finance episode. Yeah. This is very different or awesome. was very different. I, it might be going back to in person, but. No, it's uh, not. No. Or from what I hear, it's oh, not. At least. Okay in the coming years well yes. lucky them because how much did i say i spent on applications uh, and interviews like 14 grand, grand or yeah. Something. yeah 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 no it's it's insane and and you don't really get to enjoy no 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 no. you're like yeah. go there stay one night in the cheapest hotel you can find on the cheapest flight you can find and then fly home yeah yeah and it really to me actually being in a room with other applicants is very energy draining for me because I have, I feel like those I have days to be were a charming. lot too, and yeah. Long, long. And so, so being and you're always on. They're oh. always watching you. You can be hanging out with your colleagues, not in the interview time, and they are watching you. Totally, yeah. It's so it's nice to just like turn off the camera and like really just, yeah, rest. So, so you kind of had a, uh, so you did your all your interviews via Zoom, but you kind of had a, a acute situation where you were living and having to do these call and zoom interviews where, you know, this is stories that I know from her past where the power would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was living this like crazy, like how old broken house, such a fire hazard. My parents came in there like, Oh my gosh, you need to get like a ladder out your window. Cause this is a fire hazard everywhere. Um, but yeah. So interviews across the country or across. Yeah you know over on the east coast so it's like you know four in the morning that i'm doing these interviews and i'm at my little desk and stuff and the power would go out and i had i the the breaker was in the basement with like a different a guy lived to in the basement i couldn't access the basement basement and it was four in the morning it was not wake so i literally would like light candles <laughs> i could gather all my candles and like put them and it was actually excellent lighting i have to say it was quite good but um yeah it was <laughs> it happened twice but it was a great it was a great like conversation oh piece. yeah and i think it gave me some points because i was like flexible or whatever <laughs> <laughs> works well under pressure yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and her lighting's so good <laughs> yeah oh my gosh <laughs> So you have 14 interviews, mm-hmm. and then you made your rank list. Mm-hmm. Do you want to elaborate on that? Tell us about Do you want me to tell you what was number one? What was no, I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, you can. You don't have to, but um, did you want to come here? I How? really wanted to yeah, come here. Okay. Yeah. No, I was really super stoked to get into Spokane because I it's close to family. Um, it's kind of my speed. Um, UW was high as well on the rank list. Um and uh honestly i i'm like living in seattle it's a more competitive program and i think i was like yeah I, you know i need to apply to the really competitive program but um i'm i'm actually really glad that i got i'm here um community program is just more what i was looking for and i think that's an important note for anyone that's listening that's kind of in the interview process or the application process just the competitive program or the top program might not be the best program for you. Yeah, be like, real with what yeah. you want from the next, you know, three plus years of your life, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You might not, I mean, that competitive program is going to teach you research and things like that, that if you plan on being in a rural area or out in the community, a community program might actually be better training for you. You don't have to go to the number one psych program in the pro- in the nation, right? Like find the program that fits you. And that's what those programs want too, they mm-hmm. want the, to train the people that are going to fit them. And that's what UW was probably looking for, too, was who's going to be the faculty, on faculty at a mm-hmm. top-tier med school for psych, you know? Mm-hmm. But but look at your goals and try and figure that out. And I think that's an important way to put yourself a step ahead when you're doing interviews, too, because if, mm-hmm. if those align with the programs, that's going to be a good fit for both of you. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not just your residency program, too. It's when you select your, you know, 
your medical college, right? Like, yeah. I mean, med school is a little bit more broad in the sense of that. But maybe, like, yeah, I know Whammy, well, this is more residency, but Whammy's more of a rural mm-hmm. training program. And I mean, all I know is my experience. And I'm sure there's other programs that are more academically minded. Yeah, but there might mm-hmm. be a situation where, okay, you know, you apply to all these medical schools and you have these options and it's even just from a financial point of view, like, okay, is the top tier, po- you know, is this top tier school that's going to cost me $100,000 a year that important to what yeah. I want from my career versus like, okay, I can stay home in my state and, you know, get a good medical education and I'm still going to be the same doctor that comes out of that top tier school, yep. right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, it depends on your specialty too, and what you want to like end up doing. Psychiatry is um, psychiatry is competitive to get into right off the bat, but once you're in, like you're you're gonna get a job and you're gonna get a good job. There's such a need. There's a need, yeah. Um, and fellowships are not that hard to get into, and so um, like it's unless you want to do research or you want to do like yeah academic stuff, then it's really not that important um, where you go get into the top program so you know yeah so you come out uh you know you're done with medical school you've applied you've received uh matched you've matched in a few places you choose spokane and you come here and then so what's that experience been like for you you're nearing the end of your internship yeah oh i'm so worried (laughs) i was so worried i was like oh my gosh they're going to let me loose and I'm going to hurt patients and it's going to be horrible. And oh my goodness, there's so much um, like oversight and it was just anyone who's about to, if there's anyone listening who is about to become an intern, just it's okay. It's good. You're, you won't hurt patients probably. Um. <laughs> what comfort? <laughs> no, I just, I, I, um, yeah, if I could give myself that advice to just, chill out but also like you know the whole process of like going through interviews and starting intern year and all of the anxiety around it is really functional anxiety like it helps you like cross your t's and dot your i's and make sure you're doing a good job so it's not you know i don't want to get rid of all anxieties and fears but uh, yeah trust your seniors that they're there for a reason i think that's a big part of it but yeah my seniors have been great so so you've enjoyed your your first year. Yeah, it's been so much. The transition's been yeah. drinking from a fire hose, or not quite as much as med school, or how's oh, that so been? Much better. Although I will say psychiatry is unique in that it's kind of a cush residency, um, and also this program, uh, the second year is a little harder than the first year. Mm. So okay, yeah, because no. a lot of places intern years kind of like the, the grind. Yeah, yeah, like if you're yeah. in intern in inter- internal medicine or peds or something like that. You know, for you and I, it's been different, you know, for me as a transitional year before Durham residency. And then kind of for you, it's similar as in, like, you're not really in your core specialty yet for your intern year. So Yeah, yeah. Like an eight to five is, like, pretty common. Mm-hmm. And what you kind of, you kind of, did you have some struggles this year? Or has it all been just kind of uphill from med school? Because you've mentioned that, like, you, you really this is so much better than having your med school experience and you're like yeah i think um there's a couple things like just to not be evaluated so mm-hmm. much it has been a huge weight um lifted to not have to move so regularly and like try to learn a new hospital and a new attending yeah. and like um just yeah that's been great um yeah, getting to know the same people and the small program that I am in has been great. It just I just didn't realize how many like little micro stressors um, had an impact. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting too. You talk about learning a new hospital and a new system, and I kind of that's a unique thing with Whammy too. Yeah. Like you know, I was at the University of Oklahoma. I had one rotation that was rural and outside of our hospital. Everything else was at the same hospital. And I could ask so-and-so, hey, how's PEDS? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? You might not have had anybody that you knew personally that did the exact same res- rotation that you did before you. How right. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right. And different for that. Yeah, because you're often moving across the state or to another state to do a mm-hmm. rotation somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's probably like traveling for work. It sounds amazing. <laughs> 
until you're actually yeah it sounds amazing until you're like oh my gosh i'm getting a new job basically it's like starting a new job every month or so i've got to pack up my car and i'm gonna go over here and maybe they're gonna have a place for me to stay or maybe i gotta figure something out yeah i know a guy who like his room was in the hospital (laughs) oh wow yeah it was really bad i mean that's where the term uh resident came from right right um but yeah pros and cons to all of that the grass is always greener, but totally. there's definitely pros and cons and it's lots character of character building. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what have you loved about this year? Uh, I love my um, cohort. We get together every Thursday, which has been awesome. We have a specific group on Thursdays where we, it's called T group, which is, stands for therapy group. And we just hash Like my group is so honest and real and it's been really um, freeing. This is your group, meaning your co- my, your my class of co-residents. Yeah. There's okay. there's four of us, um, and uh, yeah. including yourself, including myself. Four total. Yeah, okay. four total. We'll add a, f- a rescue next year. We call them rescues because they come from different specialties into psychiatry. It's the most commonly switched into specialty psychiatry. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's been a great year actually. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to here this next year? Um, I just like I really am looking forward to just getting better like it's so satisfying to to get to hone a craft Mm. and to like have your like things that you say to patients and like kind of just get better at it make people people cry like kind of get to the heart of it (laughs) when I get a little tear I'm like oh yes I'm winning winning. (laughs) but that's great because honestly that's something that's going to serve you throughout your career I still feel that well I feel that way now more than I did in residency um like yes I just get to like dive in and like yeah find all the repairs that I want to be a expert at yeah yeah like you now which is great yeah that'll serve you very well moving forward yeah it's been very fun to kind of uh you know i've known dr mccarnick since she started her intern year here and it's been very fun to kind of watch you blossom into this thing that you're you came here not very confident at all about your abilities in this and it's been very it's fun and very fulfilling to watch you kind of blossom into this person who's like yeah wow i this is this is the thing for me i'm good at this like yeah it feels good for the first time in my life i'm like oh my gosh there's something that i'm sort of feel like you're just meeting the requirements like you're finally excelling you're not like oh i needed 14 interviews and i got 14 yes 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 exactly (laughs) like i'm a good enough type of girl and now i'm like actually getting like good at this you know that's awesome you're gonna be more than good enough not only good enough i'm really good at this and it really works for me yeah. i'm gonna be able to help people in the future and yeah yeah take the time and give them what they need yeah yeah and there's so much in medicine that like you like specialists you just do not have the time that psychiatrists have um and they just need some humanity um and like people when they're an extremist and they're in the hospital like they need such little encouragement it's been it's been so wild for me to watch people just like hang on to the words that i say mm. like and and it sticks with them and like they remember it and yeah it's like whoa you one, actually have an impact oh. yeah one thing i love about medicine is just we are strangers to these people yeah. right and they are so like i don't have to gain someone's trust it's not yeah. like a relationship where you gain their trust they most of the time implicitly trust you and like wow how privileged are we to be in that position and have people willing to like for me like cut on their face yeah. the yeah. moment yeah. i their meet face. them yeah or for you like tell tell you their childhood trauma mm-hmm. like yeah. wow how yeah. crazy is that well and a lot of times it's right you know we sh- we will know this from therapy or anything like that it's often easier to open up to a stranger right mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. a well-qualified stranger who wants to help you and is interested in you and mm-hmm. you know that's a great thing to be able to provide is you know just a listening ear and somebody who will listen to them and talk them through their problems mm-hmm. without judgment and- yeah yeah yeah, I think yeah. many physicians take it for granted, though. I think it's mm-hmm. very like because we do this day in and day out. At least for me, like, okay, mm-hmm. I walked in and I said, "Hi, I'm Dr. Goddard. Nice to meet you. Let's get you laid back, and I'm gonna stick a needle in your face and put a scalpel <laughs> in you." Like, wow, how yeah. crazy is this? Or for you, hi, um, nice to meet you. Like, let's dive into your childhood traumas yeah. and tell me these secrets you've never told anybody. Like, we are. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important perspective for even medical students to have. As a medical student, mm-hmm. you earn that privilege, right? Yeah. And to think about that and 
how cool of a profession we have. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of geeking out right now. No, but. <laughs> no, you can absolutely change the course of someone's life um, for for better or for worse. I mean, honestly, and 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 sometimes for worse, and th- those ones stick with you too. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. a it's a with great privilege comes yeah. great responsibility. Well, yeah, and, sure. and so much of your position uh, comes from just calming people down, right? Like that's almost seems like it's the first step in almost any interaction. Is yeah, because be like, you you can't make good choices when you're you know you regress when you're under stress, um, and so yeah, calming is a big part part of it for sure. Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of a different dichotomy there where it's like you're doing like. Lindsay is doing this very physical, visceral thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to cut this cancer off somebody and they're going to be cured when they leave here. Mm-hmm. Versus Jocelyn who goes in and be like, okay, I'm going to come into this person who, and I'm just going to calm them down. And then we're going to talk. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to kind of make a little bit of progress. It's a much more iterative kind of mm-hmm. one step forward, one step forward. And yeah. yeah, I think our it's interesting our careers are very different yeah, yeah. very different yeah like sure. one, one is profoundly physical and one is profoundly visceral or mental and it's a very it's a totally yeah. different approach to medicine which is kind of why it's cool to put you two together in the same room yeah it's um in psychiatry it's like you kind of don't know what's impacting someone and that's that can be kind of troublesome because <laughs> you couldn't go through your entire career and be like did I help at all? Um, and I feel like in something like surgery, you're like, there's a very clear cut. Mm-hmm, like I'm mm-hmm. really like yeah. this. This is the task, and I'm doing it. And like, and this helps someone. And well, and I say that's one of the reasons I did. Yeah. I love most surgery. It's like yeah. I get. I'm like, your cancer is going to be cured today. Great. Yeah. Wow. Well, most likely. Like that's profound. Most like, of the time, your cancer. And, what's yeah. going to kill you? I'm. Yeah. And for some people, that is like for me. That's like makes me want to go to work every day I get excited about it. I love my job yeah and I would I did not love psychiatry <laughs> <laughs> but that's why it's great that there's people like you and people like me and um, well uh, and so you guys were talking about this earlier and I even in such diverse totally different subspecialties like there's still overlap where you guys were yeah. talking about oh, the dermatology yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, aspect yeah. of psychiatry and like mm-hmm. you know how dermatologists often see psychiatric oh, patients yeah. almost first yeah well and jocelyn even mentioned this when she talked about family medicine like all these problems these patients all have problems and as the family medicine doctor you have to focus on the problem that might kill them mm-hmm. but really the root of what might make this person's day-to-day life better is talking and their psych problem, mm-hmm. their mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and I do think as a society, we're focusing more on that. And, and that's probably why psychiatry has, and the lifestyle has also increased the kind of uh, focus of psychiatry and the um, competitiveness of it and more people wanting to go into it, which I think is great. Um, yeah. But there's still a deep need for it. And I think mm-hmm. the more we focus on and kind of appreciate and uh, realize that these are diseases and not just mm-hmm. labeling people, you know, mm-hmm. like actually this is a disease just like diabetes is a disease or high blood pressure is a disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think psych is going to become more and more noticed. And yes, I see it with my most patients every day too. Like sometimes I, I love that I get to talk to them for longer. Actually, I do agree with you that that's something I really like about my field that mm. you liked about psych is just like, I don't have to see them every 15 minutes and mm. like I get to talk to them for the whole day, which is kind of cool. Mm. Um, but that gives you the ability to kind of focus on some more of those things. I'm obviously not focusing on psych <laughs> most of the time, but cause I'm also operating while I'm talking to them, but, um, getting to spend more time with a patient is important to me too. So mm. yeah, I think that's great that, um, there's you know an ability for you to take time with your patients and not have to see 50 patients in a day or something yeah yeah well and that's residency too it may be a little bit different when i become an attending yeah and even then right you feel a little bit of time pressure like you don't you don't get as much time with everybody as you want Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah i mean and really too like you can't give these psych patients really what they need like especially children like they need a parentectomy most of the time, and you can't give them that. Um, and sometimes, you know, they need someone who's going to be there supporting them all the time, and you can't you can't give that to them. 
Um, and so you can teach them skills and you can give them medicines and you can help a little bit and you can help them maybe get off the like other coping mechanisms like substances. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, it it is still limited. Um, but when it works, it's really nice. (laughs) Well, I think that was a very, uh, interesting conversation. (laughs) It's, yeah, I I just kind of have realized the kind of dichotomy between your two, you know, specialties, whereas it's one is very instant gratification and one Mm -hmm. is very like Mm -hmm. a very sort of step-by-step iterative process and just helping people out the little bit you can and kind of giving them a push up to, you know, start their own path and everything like that. Yeah. They they talk about psychiatry and surgery being like actually uh, surprisingly similar, and that you are like it is an extremely intimate thing, mm-hmm. like yeah. to cut someone open with a scalpel, and then to like cut someone open like in their like yeah. stories. It's like mm-hmm. it's, it's very intimate. It's 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 a huge privilege for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I'm lucky to be sitting across <laughs> from two women who are profoundly talented at their uh, two specialties. And I think we should close it up there. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Yeah, Thank you, listening. Dr. Thanks, McCormick. Thanks, Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It was great. And we will see you next time. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.